0: The pod. part.
1: We are too quick to drop off three v one. That's been a problem. That we actually stopped against Scotland because Nita he stepped in to stop Caroline Weir. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball daily. Yes, Happy New Year to all. This is uh, Johnny Ward standing in for JD today. We have a packed show for you coming up at half past one. We're going to look back on the best of the year that was. David Jennings will be on, Uh, he'll be on us to review an epic 2022 of racing. What a year it was for Willie Mullins and uh, we'll give you a few winners, albeit they did run in 2022 on Football Saturday we have ex-Ireland international Simon Cox, former LOI legend Stewie Byrne and the Irish Indo's Dan McDonnell. But first of all, we have Aidan Delaney in, we'll shortly have Will O'Callaghan in for the news round. Very good Christmas for Ronaldo
2: in some respects, how was it for you? Uh, not as good as Ronaldo's, alright, yeah, but decent enough, a quiet enough Christmas, I suppose, that's that's all you can ask for at this time. It, it was good for him, but like, deep down
1: is he thinking, you know, Messi's after winning the World Cup, I'm off Saudi Arabia.
2: Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of, he's throwing his hands up in the air, really, and, and doing the thing he does on the football pitch, and, and just saying, well, I can't do it all on my own anymore, so I'm just going to have to rely on other people, and... I think he's kind of given up. I think that's the most disappointing aspect of it and obviously taking the... Has he given up or has his body given up? um, I don't think his body has given up. I think, you know, he'd certainly say that he's still in the gym seven times a day or whatever he does and he's certainly looking to to keep himself in top form but I think he realises the reality of the situation that he just doesn't command the same kind of respect anymore and I think a lot of people looked at that Piers Morgan interview, and I think he didn't probably get the the reaction that he he thought he might have. Actually, a lot of people just looked at him as a, a special, a petulant, spoiled brat, really, more than yeah. anything else. So I think that kind of hurt his confidence a little bit, and he's decided to to take the money where he can. There's something very very grim about him. I think he's going to become the most uh, the best
1: played fo- paid footballer in the world ever, um, way beyond his peak, gone over to a country that. You know, it's basically uh, a dictatorship that makes its money from oil and is hoping to have the 2030 World Cup. It's, it's. I, I guess it's not surprising, but for me, it's kind of, kind of sick as well.
2: Yeah, a little bit. All right. Yeah, and uh, when you think of the magical moments that he had in his younger career, and particularly at Real Madrid, some of the things that he did, and when you think back to his kind of latter half of his career, what are the magical moments that you can think of? You know, some of the the massive hat trick against Spurs, I suppose. Hat trick against Spurs. The the Bicycle kick against Juventus wasn't it? where the Juve fans were you know or he was playing for Juventus when he was uh, he scored that bicycle kick and the opposition fans were chatting to him and stuff like that but other than that I mean he's been kind of a bit part player for Manchester United in parts you know still scoring goals but really dragging the rest of the team down we're watching United at the minute, and they seem a much freer side with him not there and I think definitely he's he's looking at his career going you know, is he going to end up like a Pele figure, where he'll just be famous for being Ronaldo from now on, or what's what's his plan now? I mean, it, he's just going to take the money and run. It looks like.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned Pele as well. It, there is something um, almost spiritual about him just passing away after Messi uh, wins the World Cup, and um, I think when I think when Maradona passed away, Pele put up like a message on the internet saying, "Hopefully, we'll have a game in heaven." And mm-hmm. you see, um, I guess Pele has kind of trolled Ronaldo as well, and that he's dominating the headlines because Ronaldo's. Like, it was mentioned during the Liverpool game last night, but it was
2: kind of not almost that big a story for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will hear from Gary Neville. He'll, he'll talk to us in a few minutes just about um, what how, where he sees his former teammate going from now on, but... Yeah, it's that's the thing. I think you know Ronaldo probably saw himself moving to Saudi Arabia as you know this massive move, and it's going to dominate the headlines for a couple of days, and and people are going to be talking about nothing but Ronaldo. They're going to forget about Messi, and and like you say, that's all been stolen. His thunder has been stolen there by Pele now as well, which is kind of ironic in a sense. But um, when you get to that level of fame, I suppose you just keep trying to to reach the next mountain top. And I think Ronaldo has seen that there's no more mountain tops to climb, particularly you know. He could have gone to maybe the MLS and, and had a similar impact that Pele did in the seventies, you know, kind of bringing American football to the fore. But he decided not to do that, and and I think that's it's sad. It's a it's a sad way to see, you know, who is a, a legend of the game. I was always a Messi fan myself, and you have to d- define yourself in either one camp or the other. But I definitely think that he's he's kind of given up, which is the sad thing when you see. Well, well, it,
1: I will head. say uh, in like that. In fairness, he's been really good up until a, like an age where he should be gone. I mean, the the physical demands on these players now is completely insane. He had a bad World Cup, fair enough. And I think Dan was slagging me. We'll talk to Dan at three. Dan was slagging me because I I wasn't really buying his tears after the defeat against yes. Morocco. I don't know. I, like for me, it was like, well, you've had a poor World Cup, and why are you in tears, sir? Like you you've played a bit part role. It's not like you you know, you were dominant, had an amazing tournament or whatever. You see, like, I don't know. I, I wasn't convinced.
2: Yeah, I suppose it's kind of interesting. I mean, the, the allegories to, to Pele as well. Somebody who burst onto the scene at 17 and at that young age and kind of expecting that there will always be cameras on you and to know that, you know, there will always be people watching. So I have to watch my every move and make sure mm. that everything I do is calculated in the way that will make me, you know, look the best on camera. And I think I kind of agree with you with the, with the tears as well I think you know he was somebody who was looking around going what's the best situation for me here I mean I've I've kind of thrown away my club career my international career is, is coming to a close as well I haven't really reached the heights that I thought I would obviously winning the Euros in 2016 was was a massive achievement for him but you know he would have seen himself as a World Cup winner and th- and that didn't happen and he had no real impact on that Portugal team uh, to get them to where did they get to the quarterfinals in the end and I think he was just looking at what's the best way I can come out of this and, and what's the best way I can keep my fans on form
1: look, O'Callaghan's in the house um, I've spent good portion of the Christmas uh, reading the Sean Quinn book and I think you know so the, the first 40% maybe the first half of the book you're like full of admiration for Sean Quinn then it gets to the point where he kind of uh, engaged in some practices to kind of like ruffle up his opposition and then there was the point where he goes to Cheltenham and he changes And you do forget, like, Ronaldo is not the Ronaldo that was, you know, when he was a kid. Fame will change. And like, as Aidan says, everything he does is monitored. And, you know, I mean, I I would have that sympathy for him in the sense that I think he's definitely struggling with his own, um, you know, mortality as well.
3: Yeah, I think players will always find that hard to accept. But when you consider 12 months ago, this week, Ronaldo had scored his 14th goal of the season that for Manchester Mad. United last year and had been so crucial with some of the late goals they'd scored. I'm thinking back to say, the Villarreal goal very late on in the Champions League group stages, which saw them qualify for the knockout stages. He had put in some really good form. Even second half of the season, when the goals tipped off a little, Cristiano Ronaldo was still a key player until the point that Eric Ten Hag came in. I mean, he's faced a manager in this case who basically set a solo from a very early stage. I think back to the game against Rayo Vallecano when Ronaldo walked out of the stadium before the rest of his teammates after he'd been substituted. Yeah. And we've seen today with Marcus Rashford being dropped for an internal disciplinary. That Eric yeah, Tenhaig, we had an IDI. Yeah, we don't really know what that was about. Actually, mm, they haven't revealed a whole lot. He just said it was an internal disciplinary issue. But over the Christmas period, I think people are probably drawing their own inflections <laughs> yes. from that one. Uh, <laughs> but he was never going to allow Ronaldo to stamp all over him. I think it was fairly clear that Ten Hag wanted to play in a different way. And if you look at the strikers that he's uh, picked up front since, he's put Rashford through the middle a few times. Martial tends to start uh, players who will go in behind, players who will press and play in his style of football. Cristiano. Didn't fit it, and he didn't allow Cristiano Ronaldo to be bigger than him at the club. So this is a huge win for him, particularly for Ronaldo to go to Saudi Arabia as opposed to joining another big club. It's very interesting timing, though. Big club to. That's the thing, you know, because I think even you mentioned, like
1: in the last twelve months, his regression has been notable, and that's not that's not abnormal. Like he's getting on, and I think maybe mentally, that amazing mental fortitude Ronaldo had is slightly wavering as well. I think he's, you know, it's gotten the better of him.
3: Yeah, and it's not like he's lost the touch physically, really. You think back to he had to kind of you <laughs> changed his game around 2014 when he picked up that knee injury and was still crucial to Real Madrid winning, you know, three successive Champions League mm. trophies. This is a guy a bit like Veron and Casemiro who's got five Champions League titles across the course of his career and he's achieved everything possible within European football. I would agree with him on that. I wouldn't agree with the idea that he feels this is a chance for me now to share my experience in Asia. This is a Cristiano Ronaldo who would have stayed in Europe if a top Champions League club had oh, yeah. signed him. It seemed that Napoli and Sporting were both options back in the summer, but I think they probably cooled for different mm. reasons. I don't think Sporting could afford to. Pay him the money that would attract him to go back to his boyhood club. Mm. And that raises the question as well, John how much money do you really need in life? Yeah. Like we're now in a period where Saudi Arabia are getting ready to put a <laughs> bid together for next year to host the World Cup in 2030 alongside um, Greece and Egypt. And it's reported that Saudi Arabia will put in a big financial part of that bid for both Greece and Egypt to be able to and build that stadiums. that they might
1: even build the stadiums for Very,
3: them. very possibly. And they're making the argument to get around the FIFA rule about the cycle of continents. This will be on three different continents, so it's a unique proposal. They've basically bought Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo in the space of a few months. Um, both will basically be working for
2: the Saudi Arabia Tourist Board between now and 2030.
1: What do you make of
3: that? In
2: yeah, I mean, there just seem to be hoovering up all a lot of sports stars. Obviously, with the the Live Golf Tour as well, they're just they've seen that sports washing works, and I guess it did work in in a certain sense for Qatar because you know a lot of people. We're looking at Qatar and, uh, you know, criticising various different aspects of life, but we're all sitting here remembering a brilliant World Cup final, and, and that's the memory that'll probably stand out in two or three years' time. And a lot of people, I know Will was saying that, uh, I think Ronaldo's first game, or one of his first games, will be a, a friendly against PSG, is that right? So, yeah. I mean, there we go. Now, we that's going to dominate headlines for the next little while we'll have Ronaldo versus Messi maybe for the final time and, and then we'll all forget about the kind of Saudi Arabia aspect of us and if that helps them to, to get a World Cup in 2030 we'll just remember the, the brilliant World Cup final I'm sure that'll happen in 2030 as well Did you enjoy the World Cup well?
3: I did mm. probably despite myself going into the tournament I'm for the, same, yeah. the various different issues and like we've spoken with them multiple times on the show and it's impossible even to park them to one side but when you do get into watching the tournament particularly in the knockout stages, is the best final I think we've ever seen in the World Cup. And that's the cherry on top and what you remember right at the end. And even if that final wasn't great for the first hour, with the exception of the Argentina breakaway goal for the second, which was an amazing goal, when the game came into life after France got the first goal and all the drama throughout extra time and penalties. You're almost wrecked by the end of the penalties with just the sheer emotions, even when you didn't have a horse in the race. And then you take the story of Morocco's run throughout the tournament, uh, some of the underdogs like Croatia knocking out Brazil along the way. It's an incredibly memorable World Cup, probably the best one I can remember since 2006, maybe 2002, uh, because 2010 was awful. Uh, 2014 was okay. And I didn't really think a whole lot about 2018. So definitely for, a, I would say, a generation of football fans, this is the best World Cup that they've watched. And you know, the funny thing, Aidan, is like Argentina seemed to throw the rule book out the window in terms of how to
1: kind of mentally go along with the ride. And that's, you know, you have members of the bench crying when they went 1-0 up against Mexico in the second game. It was a, it was a big goal but Mexico had like parked the bus and were very limited. Obviously, a bit of, bit of magic from Messi. Um, you had Di Maria like, ball and crying after his goal long before they'd, they'd done it. But they overcame I mean, how could you put together what happened against both the Dutch and in the final? Like, you, this was unparalleled in terms of being in great positions, hadn't completely dominated the game. Blown it, but somehow winning the penalty shootout both times.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those crazy situations in that they've allowed their emotions to take over. And I suppose every you know intercounty manager and every club manager will <laughs> tell you that you know you need to be just focusing on the game ahead and you know take the next moment as it comes and and not let your emotions get on top of you. Lionel Scaloni seemed to allow that kind of come into play as and, almost like
1: as a positive, like
2: yeah, exactly to, to use that you know and. The Argentina players really believed in this. We're doing it for Messi. You know, I, I suppose every other team in the world would have said, you know, let's just focus on our team aspect and everybody plays their part. But everybody said, you know, let's get Messi to this World Cup final. And even after the final whistle, every single player they didn't mind about their World Cup medal or, or, or touching the World Cup. It was let's get it to Messi. Let's get him. You know, yeah. ready for you know his automatic greatness that he's going to have. Um, yeah, I think it's it's very interesting to see that the emotion. And even when you went, even when you saw Argentina, I was presenting here when Argentina went two 0 up, and you did think, "Let's go back to the to the Dutch game. They were well in it's control over, in that yeah, game like, as well. This is definitely a team that, particularly when they get one fright, they'll lose the head a little bit, run around like headless chickens. And you know, obviously, it only happened in ninety seconds in the final itself. But they they just d- did seem to dig deep into that well and use that emotion to a, a positive end in the. And I think because they were kind of encouraged by that Dutch result, that allowed them to think, you know, we managed to get through this test as well, let's use it again and, and it worked in the final at, you, at the very end. You mentioned
1: Intercounty there, we'll hopefully get your hopes and dreams from both of you for 2023. 20, uh, lots mm. of lots of uh, green shoots from an awfully respected and anyway, we will, but what is in the news round, it's nil all between Man United and Wolves. Um, yeah, just, we're kind of watching Aiden to see if uh, Nathan Collins is a good game, he's had a sort of a, Slightly up and down, sort of few games for them.
2: Yeah, particularly in this game, he's been. Um, you know, he's he's lost a couple of markers at a corner. He had one brilliant block on Anthony Martial as he was uh, trying to get on to an end uh, to uh, a through ball there and. We're just watching. Antonio-, Antonio Garnacho has probably been the player of the game, but as it stands, it's coming up to uh, 45, 49 minutes gone now. Oh, how do uh, how do my oh, Jose Sa has just made an absolutely brilliant save there. I think it's, it's going to be offside. It's going to yeah. be offside. There, th- the big
1: story here is Rashford. Um, yeah, because I was talking to you before the show. I was like, oh, this is a big one for Collins taking on Rashford, not playing because mm. of an internal disciplinary issue.
2: Yeah, and like you say, there hasn't been any detail coming out. Eric Ten Hag was asked beforehand, and that was literally, Eric Ten Hag says, internal disciplinary issue, uh, no more details given. That that seemed to be the, the line from all the journalists there in, in Wolverhampton at the minute, so... We have no idea. We're only speculating on what that might mean. Um, it might be an, an, uh, mightn't be the worst thing in the world if Marcus Rashford was to take a bit of a break. There's obviously massive games coming up there as well. They have to take on Arsenal in a couple of games' time. So, you know, maybe it's not the worst time to, to actually just put him on the bench. And uh, as it stands, it's, it's just gone half-time there. So it's Manchester United nil, Wolves nil. And they will need to get a goal. So maybe ten Hagel will have to swallow his pride and put him on in the second half. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, Arsenal know they'll finish top of the table regardless of the result in this evening's match. They take on Brighton at half five. And Gunders boss Mikel Arteta says they aren't looking past their opponents who've been one of the form teams of the year so far.
4: Very good, but uh, my feeling is about tomorrow and uh, I'm playing well tomorrow and I'm performing at the level that uh, that we're going to need to win the game uh, against a really good side and uh, that's the focus. We we are really happy where we are, but um, as I always said, there are a lot of things that we can still do better and improve and we have to show that in, in the next coming games. It is always a really difficult and, and tricky game. Uh, they have individually a lot of quality, a lot of composure on the ball. I think that is really Aggressive and tomorrow they will ask some, some big questions, so um, we're have to be at, at a really high level to win the game.
0: What have you made of the job that Roberto's done so far at Brighton? Have you seen changes that he's made since Graham Potter left?
4: Yeah, every manager has his ideas and is different. Um, you can see a lot of similarities what he did at solo, what he did at Shakter as well, and, and his way of understanding the game, and uh, he always plays that kind of game. Yeah, we have a title resident, if nothing
2: else. Yeah, five points clear of second place Manchester City who play Everson from three o'clock. The other games on at three inform Newcastle host Leeds, Bournemouth take on Crystal Palace and Fulham go up against Southampton. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has completed his move to Saudi Arabian side Al Nasser, signing a deal until 2025. We've been speaking about that already. But his former Manchester United teammate Gary Neville was speaking last night and says Ronaldo has now given up the chance to play at the top level in Europe.
0: We're going to see a lot less of him, obviously. Um, You'd be made up. <laughs> eh? <laughs> that one, it? it tells us a couple of things. I mean, one, that how serious Saudi Arabia are about football they're not going away they're going to obviously go for the World Cup That they've invested £350 million in one player they're trying to strengthen the league but for Cristiano Ronaldo obviously I thought I felt as though he would want to stay for the rest of this season at least in one of the big leagues in Europe and go and score more goals and potentially try and find a Champions League club so it tells me that obviously the, the offers is absolutely staggering and maybe the club just didn't come in for him that he wanted in Europe and he felt as though that was his option to go for now and look I think an element of sadness for For me, in the sense that we're probably seeing the last of Cristiano Ronaldo playing at the top level, which is something that I think we could have continued to see at Old Trafford, had it all been handled differently by both parties, maybe throughout the season. But that had to come to an end, that had to close before the World Cup. So I think it's inevitability. It's been coming for the last couple of weeks and it looks now like, obviously, Cristiano's going to see his career out over in Saudi he's just not
1: good enough anymore Gary what else we got uh,
2: Republic of Ireland striker Adam Ida says he's hoping to stay injury free for the next part of the season the Corkman scored for Norwich last night as they were held to a one all draw by Reading in the Championship and speaking to the club's media Ida says he's happy to get his recent knee trouble under his belt and get back on the score sheet last night as well
0: yeah of course it's amazing um, to try and help the team but obviously I'm still a bit disappointed that we didn't get the full three points but on a personal level, um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but I think um, the three points would have been good. And you've had a difficult 2022, so are you happy now to put that behind you and kick on from Monday night against Watford into the new year? Yeah, <laughs> it has been uh, has been difficult for me, but um, I think that's part of football. You know, you do get injuries here and there, and this is my first uh, long-term injury, and I think I just have to put it in the back of my head now and focus on playing and, like I did tonight, get get the goal and, and try and help the team.
2: Yeah, Adam Ead is speaking there after getting off the mark for the season. And what else have we got, in uh, The GAA has confirmed the talks are at an advanced stage for Croke Park to host Katie Taylor's rematch with Amanda Serrano in boxing. Croke Park Stadium director Peter McKenna says dates early next summer have been ring-fenced for the world title bout. He added that the Minister for Sport, Jack Chambers, is also supportive of the bout being hosted at the Dublin venue. And in some, golf then, uh, sorry, in some Gaelic games, rather, Clare football forward David Tuberty looks set to call time on his 15-year inter-county career. The Clare Echo reports that the Beg club man has informed manager Colm Collins that he won't be returning for the 2023 season. Tuberty is the top scorer in the history of the National Football League and helped the banner to reach Division 2 of the league. He also played in two All-Ireland quarterfinals as well.
1: Yeah, that's a hell of a career. Right, lads. Uh, starting with you, Will, very briefly, your hopes for 2023 in the sporting front
3: I'm just thinking you know, about hopes obviously I hope that Taylor and Serrano happens in Crow Park start of the summer first thing I was thinking though seven concerts plus Serrano against Taylor it's a good thing the GA got the split season off the line <laughs> yeah. otherwise they would have had a real problem they were thinking ahead with having availability about their own stadium Taylor Serrano for the you. season. See, so, yeah, I think Taylor Serrano in Crow Park would be great we haven't had Irish boxing in Ireland for far too long in the Republic of Ireland as opposed to the bouts that have been in Belfast yeah. over the last five or six years and Taylor Serrano will genuinely be a massive moment for the country so yeah, looking forward to that already.
1: last word to you young
3: man
2: yeah I'm looking forward to the Republic of Ireland women's team you know, representing the country in a World Cup and to to get that excitement of a World Cup again I just barely remember 2002 it was the first World Cup that I remember so uh, I don't really remember the build up to us the very first game of football I remember watching was the Iran second leg uh, wow. where we were beating 1-0 and I couldn't understand why everybody was celebrating the loss But um, so to, to actually have a full year's build up to a World Cup where Ireland are playing that's, that's something I'm really looking forward to to and really, even to get there is is part of the journey, and hopefully will inspire you know many more successes to come. But you know, even if they get get one victory down there, that would be absolutely magical, and I think it would make many people's year. I'm giving you a bright future. You're only here since March, so nine months into the job,
1: and uh, some of us have a great future behind us, but yours is ahead <laughs> of you. Hopefully, <laughs> um, you. after the break, we're going to have the best of uh, Saturday panel uh, this year. The Koi Gig Pod We're too quick to drop off 3v1 That's been a problem That we actually stopped against Scotland Because Niamh Fahy stepped in to stop Caroline Weir Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now